boom, just like that, the show starts, Neil. That's just it. like that, the show starts. This is awesome, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank you. We finally, I know I, I screwed up a few times. I'm bad at the follow-up sometimes. Yeah. Do you have that problem ever or no? You're, yeah, you you just, have it together. I feel like you have it together. Well, it looks that way, but like I have probably <laughs> 300 unread messages at any point. So, you know, I get it. Shit yeah. It's like there's people I've been, like BJ Baldwin. Shout out to BJ Baldwin. But I've been, uh, we've talked about having him on the show. Do you know BJ yeah. at all? Yeah. Sounds familiar. Um, and uh, it's, I've dropped the ball. He's dropped the ball. We both dropped the ball. Yeah. Life happens. Yeah, but we're here now. Bro. We're here. We're here. This I like it. it. So speaking of here, did you just move to Vegas? Yeah. So I live in uh, Reno Tau for pretty much all my life uh, and then just moved here this year. And I got to say, man, it is like the best thing I've ever done. <laughs> like there's something going on every day. It it's like amazing. Every week at least. But yeah. like, every day there's somebody here to do content with or an event to go to or a dinner to go to or someone to meet. And just the amount of people that come through. We just came off the Super Bowl. Yeah. Which is insane. But yeah. like the amount of people I've connected with in the last eight months has been more than I connected with, you know, in the last several years. Yeah, for sure. And it's, it's a weird thing, you know, coming, I came from LA seven years ago yeah. and LA is like a rat race. I mean, LA is a mess for many, many reasons now, Yeah. but just the networking side of LA, LA is a very snobby, A-list sort of town. Yep. But when the LA people come here, to Vegas, they're nicer. Yeah, <laughs> it's that's weird. True. And they're old, like people are in a good mood. Yeah, they're here for fun. Yeah, you catch them on the right portion of the trip. Obviously, you don't want to catch them on like Sunday. You know, scaries or right. Monday sometimes is bad. But for the most part, like everyone's here in a good mood, ready to go. It's a great place to network. Yeah, and then just the growth that's happening from the people that live here is insane. So many people are moving here. So I love Nevada. I've been in Nevada all my life, but like Vegas is different. Reno's like a smaller town, smaller yep. town vibe. Vegas is crazy. I like Reno. I've spent a lot of time in Reno. I uh, in another life. I don't even know if you know this. I, I did stand up comedy oh, for many okay. years, and I used to perform at John Esquaga's Nugget. Oh dang! And I opened for Bertha and Angel, the two elephants. There was two oh, elephants. Yeah, yeah, I was true. the opening act for the elephants. Wow. Yes. Oh, shit. That goes way back. That's bro. my big claim to fame. There Love you go. Um, were you picking between Vegas and somewhere else? Like, did, were you considering Miami at some point? Because uh, you know, that's we kind of a hot spot. Yeah, we're looking at that or even San Diego, but then California, just the taxes, yeah. the crazy shit that's going on over there. So I wanted to, we ended up just being like, look, we're going to stay in Nevada. But here's the thing, bro. Like, if you have family, you know, wife, kids, you almost feel like you have five kids. No, no wife. Oh, and oh kids. wife yeah, and kids. kids. Okay, kids. okay, sorry. But if if you feel like you're stuck, yeah, you know what I mean. Like a lot of people feel, you could move though, right? Like oh, the kids aren't gonna like the new dude. They're fine. Like they'll yeah. make new friends. They like adapt. We've all we've all gone through this stuff, and like I get it. But like for you, if somebody's like, man, I'm really unhappy where I'm at. Or I'm not getting the opportunities. It's kind of like. You need to move. You yeah. know what I mean? You're like, not you're, stuck. You're, you're stuck not. in your head. Exactly. So I remember just thinking for a long time, uh, nobody, you know, we're, we're just kind of here until the kids get done with school. Why? That's just some idea my mom told me. Or like somebody right. put this in your head that you can't move till your kids are raised. Yeah. No, you can move. And then the other part was during COVID, everybody just started moving. Mm -hmm. So it kind of like made this, I don't know what they call it, like the great unlock. There's so many people who migrated during the next coming years after COVID. A lot of people didn't like what was going on in their state, so they left their state, that kind of stuff. Yep. So, um, yeah, it just kind of opened our eyes like, hey, man, yeah, we could make that happen. Started looking at houses down here. And my wife's from here, so she has oh. already, she already has family here. So I was like, cool, let's go. Great. And we pull the trigger. I first met you, I want to say, at the dinner with Dave Meltzer. Yeah. That was like two years ago, maybe, right? Yeah, right around that. Um, and I followed you immediately. But I feel like this last, I don't know, 
two, three months, you're yeah. dominating my feed. Yeah. Um, how did you do this? What's changed? What happened? So uh, about five years ago, I started making videos. Yeah. Like putting myself on content because I'm in real estate and mortgage business. And it was just like, I was tired of the same old ways of getting business. I wanted to build a brand online. So I started putting out videos. Uh, even with dog shit content, I started to see like <laughs> some results of like, hey, watched your video. would like to do business with you. So I start right. like, that's a cool thing. Like you, you get like glimmers of like, oh, this could actually work for me. Like, oh, this is kind of cool. So it just took a while. But we were talking before the show started today, like, you know, when you start, first start making videos, it sucks. Yeah. You know, and you're not, you're not good and you're not a good communicator. But over time, I got better. And then what happened was, I, I think it's like somebody said this as well, a compounding effect. Like the biggest growth comes in the later stages of the growth curve. Yeah. You know, so it's just kind of like mulling around. But I didn't quit. I just kept doing it. Yeah. And I just got through the shitty part. Yeah. And then started to get a little better, started to get a little better, started to launch new businesses and teach and do all these cool things. And then now I feel like I think I'm decent now. Yeah. You know, versus before I sucked, you know, yeah. and it took that many years to get because I'm an introvert. I'm a nerd. And then now it's like, OK, I can actually do this. And people are actually watching the content. So mm -hmm. it took me, uh, you know, I'd, I'd love to tell people it's just like, yo, man, just start doing it and you'll be good. But it, it, didn't, it wasn't like that for me. It took me a while. Do you put pressure on yourself in terms of views and engagement? Yeah. Like, um, you know, do, do you find yourself, are you looking at it like, oh, that didn't do well? Like, are you are you well, deleting videos if they're not performing or is it just, or I, is you, I've had a, it is what it is? I've had a lot of content bomb. Like, yeah. it just didn't perform well. Which is okay. It, it's fine. part of the game. Yeah, who cares? And I've also had videos that didn't do well. They don't look like they did well, but they connected me with people that I could do business with or sure. the right people. So like, you know, I've had videos that it just looks like they didn't do well. Yeah. But in the comments is somebody I connected with or in the DM, something happened. Yeah. So like, don't discount that. Uh, like, it's not about always big numbers about reaching the right people. Second thing is I don't delete them. I just leave them up. But I do look at like, why did that video do well? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what was it that we said in the beginning? Because it's like a, to me, it's like a game, John. It's like a freaking, you're trying to hack attention. Like, yeah. dude, how do we get someone to stop? You know, they scroll. I don't know what the stat is now, but people can scroll a ridiculous amount of content <laughs> in just a few, like if you ever watch somebody scrolling, especially yeah. like. The younger they younger, are, the faster they scroll. Yeah, like, yeah. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> And so they said, what did the, the common saying is like a human has a attention span of a goldfish, <laughs> but it's not that. I don't think that's the only explanation. I think they're just really good at like scanning shit. Right. When they find the thing they want, they stop. Yep. So how do we get them to stop the scroll? Yep. You know, and it's what you said in the beginning. It's a good hook. Yeah. So I liked like analyzing that from like a science, like, yeah, dude, how do we like, how do we get people to watch our videos? The hottest space, and this is just me giving it that definition right now, uh, is the gambling space, I think right now, yeah, you know, oh, and maybe that's just cause that's what I gravitate to also, uh, uh, degenerate at heart. Yes. But, um, you know, like Steve will do its stream and, 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 uh, Vegas Matt. And now you've, you've been, you jumped in that. Yeah, do you bit. worry about, um, I really want to do a deep dive on the gambling thing. Cause I yeah. think it's interesting because when we grew up, Bad. I think I'm ahead of you, but gambling was bad. You were degenerate. You were, you'd want to hide it. You certainly would never want to be publicly at showing people, putting yourself out there like, oh, I made a $2,000 bet or even a $500 bet and I lost. Yeah. Like you wouldn't ever want that out. And now I think things have changed. Yeah. It's so popular with number of states legalizing sports betting, as you know, yep. and then just the number of people who like action. 
Right. Like they're just into the action. And so, yeah, there's a dark side, of course, just like everything. Yeah. But fuck, there's so many people who are interested in it. And I kind of look at it like this, man. I was like, I, I was, a, I was into gambling before I started doing social media. Yeah. Like I started doing, you know, I used to play a lot and then always I, blackjack. Yeah. Blackjack, a little bit of Baccarat, some craps, yep. you know? And, uh, so I was, I was playing already, but then what I found was, yeah, it was like back then it was definitely something you would never tell anybody. Right. And it's kind of like looked down upon. I feel like something changed in the last couple of years where now it's masses are interested in it yeah. and they all want to get better. And it's more just something fun. It's just another recreational thing. So I would say this with your content, like if you don't talk, if it's just the business stuff and people don't get to know you, like there's, it's hard to build your personal brand because then I you're agree. just like everybody else. Right. So if I'm into gambling personally, even though it has nothing to do with my business and actually it's probably a bad it's probably like contradictory to investing in some of the things I talk about. <laughs> right. But for just for fun, once in a while, it's cool. Like I like talking about it. Right. Yeah. Is it hard to, uh, do you get any heat in your DMs? Like yeah. for, over what you just said, like how can you be preaching this? And then I see you at a blackjack table. Yeah. And so I'd be like, look, man, you know, where gambling is a problem, you're betting where you can't afford it. Yeah. I can afford it. You yeah, know, I spent a lot of time investing and doing the right things in business to be able to have fun, right? So yeah. some people have fun doing dumb shit, you know, buying dumb shit. Maybe I, you know, like there's, everybody's got their vice, yeah, you know. And so, um, yeah, I, I just tell them like I mostly time I just ignore people who talk shit. Yeah, but if somebody has a genuine question, like, hey man, I thought you were about finance and stuff, right? And now you're betting. I'll just be like, look, man, this is kind of like something I do with recreation. Sure, and it's 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 it, I can definitely afford to play. Do you know Vegas, Matt? You, you, yeah, you yeah, know him? Yeah. So um, he just put up a post, I think yesterday, um, that he broke it down really well, this exact thing. He was saying how he, uh, last year, net-net lost 50000 He's like, but that might sound like a lot of money to some people. It, it doesn't hurt him. And he's like, what is the difference if I spent $250,000 on like a, a country club? Yeah. Uh, you know on a time, golf, you know how much right? Money people spend on golf, right? I guarantee I spend less gambling net net at the end of the year, right? Yeah. And he's like, I had a chance to win. Number one, where golf, it's just two fifty out or whatever the number, you know. It was, yeah, but yeah. it was like, if if you're joining a huge country club and you're doing networking, he's like, the gambling satisfied all those boxes that the country club would have checked. Yeah, but only it was slots. Yeah, no and big so, deal. Like I think uh, my goal with gambling is not necessarily you're going to make money doing this it's just to stay in the game yeah you know what i mean it's like it's an infinite game yeah you like the action you like the you like it's just fun for you then your goal should be to not lose right but it's not necessarily like at the end if i look at all the numbers over years it's definitely like you don't win you know like long term right the, the numbers they nobody can hide from that unless yeah. you're like seriously perfect and into advantage play but for the most part my goal is just to stay even yeah you win sometimes you lose sometimes but like it's fun yeah yeah. Where do you like to play normally? So I play uh, near, like at Red Rock is near our place, it's but great. like any of these yeah. places in Vegas, uh, yeah. you know, different places, I, like that's just the most convenient. And it's also where all these guys seem to be playing. It's like, crazy. I, I've met so many people in the And they embrace room. the cameras. Yeah. At Red so Rock. That, that's something interesting. I was going to ask you actually for streaming and watching people play. Like I was under the impression that you can't, you can't video anything in a casino. Yeah. And then I just feels like it's changing now. Yeah, what's well, uh, definitely changed at Red Rock. I would assume Dana had a the biggest uh, influence in that. Yeah. Um and I want to say I saw MGM last year put out a, a letter or something saying that streaming was 
okay. Yeah. They fought it for a long time, but now I think at MGM properties, I could be wrong. I don't know if, if you know. I haven't seen it, yeah. But, but I think it's like if you, you can't record other people. Right. Like if you want to and I think yourself. you have to set it up ahead of time with yeah. them or something. But yeah, like if you're at your table, you want to you wanna play and yeah. stream. Like I know that Mickey, you know, he he, he streams with no problem yeah. um, in the places that he's allowed to play in. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Uh, it's a cool thing. People love watching it. Yeah. People love watching these slot streams and there's tons of like slot gamer, you know, yeah. on live streams on TikTok and stuff. They're just sitting in a slot machine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's crazy. I don't, I'm not big into slots, Me but neither. I'll tell you like table games. I think it's fun. There's a lot of yeah. ups and downs. And so like we can get into strategy and stuff yeah. and, and talk about it, but I think there's a lot of things people like about it. it, it it's fun. The action's yep. cool, but then it's also like David versus Goliath. Yeah. Like, can you... You know, it's everything's kind of set up for you to fail, right? And there's so much psychology that uh, that these casinos put into taking your money, yeah. And so, can you do things that would actually put it back in your favor, like just little things, yeah? And then you, when you win, it's like, dude, I beat the house. You know, what I mean, so that's a cool feeling. What is a little thing you could do to put things back in your favor? So with blackjack, you know, there's obviously like card counting and all that stuff, but I don't think the average person is going to benefit from that because you have to right. play perfectly for a and long time. And it's not that time. much of an advantage. It's just a right. It doesn't mean that you're even going to get the cards. So the biggest thing is money management. Yep. So it's like how much, I think the biggest problem people have when they go into a casino, whether they're here for the weekend or whether they're local, is they're playing too large of a bet compared to their bankroll. Yep. So you want to play $100 a hand in blackjack, you need like 10 times that, you know, on you and ready right. to go. Like you can't just be coming in there with like 800 bucks and start betting it, you know, right. even 25 or $50 a hand, you need a bigger bankroll. So right. I think, yeah, first things first, like set your betting size, your unit compared to your bankroll. Yeah. Then the next thing is, is what's your goal for the session? Yeah. So like have a goal both on the top and the bottom. So it's like, okay, here's how much I want to, uh, what I would think would be a good win for me based on my buy-in. And then here's where I'm going to cut it off if it sucks Yeah. and take a walk or cool off, you know, whatever. Yeah. So if you have like your top and bottom, like your stop, I think that's where you can keep it within, keep shit on the rails. Cause then it quickly gets off if you, you know, a lot of people get into that. So I think that, that would be the one thing is money management. And then the next thing is, dude, have you ever noticed when you go play blackjack and the dealer's just on fire? Yeah. Like, you know, they're making like six, six card 21s and you <laughs> yeah. get 20, they get 21. You have a, you have an 18 and they have an eight up. You're like, oh, we're going to push. It's an ace, ace underneath. Yep. When that shit is happening over and over and over, get the fuck off that table. I know. But sometimes it follows you from table to table. It can, yeah. But I think like you got to change you. something. You got to. And I've had this happen so many times where I see people sitting on one table and it's like now they have a freaking uh, goal to get revenge on that dealer and that table. That's and me. Bro, it ain't That's coming. Me. Like, I know. It could be like that all night. Yep. And so you have to realize this. Like, yes, eventually the odds are going to come back to the normal. Yep. But it could be bad for four hours. And yeah. you don't have enough money to play yeah. for four hours. So it's like, okay, if it's really bad, change something. Play two, play multiple spots. Yep. Play two, three hands. Or just switch to the next table. Yeah. Give yourself that option. I've seen Dana get so frustrated with the card flow that I've seen him stay on. I, I don't like when he does this. Yeah. I've seen him stay on eight. Yeah. Like eight. A, a seven or, or just eight? Eight. Oh, six eight. and a two. Eight. He'll stay. Wow. Rarely. But like just to shake up the cards, you know, because he'll be like, you know what? I, I know how this works. Like I take the card. I get the 10 yeah. or the ace. And I have an 18 or 19. But 
it ended up making helping the dealer that I took that because then the next card was the five and the dealer had a fifteen or whatever. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, so yeah. it's like I get the the theory behind it is like what do I have to lose at this point? Like it's I'm I've lost eleven hands in a row. Yeah. Let's change it up. But I couldn't stay on eight. <laughs> yeah. But I've done shit like that. Yeah. Where, but not on eight. And I've seen it work for him too. On a fifteen, you know, when you keep right. busting and it's like, dude, I'm not gonna take the bus card. I'm just gonna right. I'm just going to sit roll on the dice. 15 and see. Sometimes it changes the whole flow. Yeah. Um, and so like this year, for example, th- what I'm telling everybody right now, this kind of system, which isn't really a system, it's just like proper play. I've been following this more disciplined in the last two months. I'm up $250,000 this year. I'm not saying I'm going to be up 250000 at the end of the year. I'll probably lose it over the next, you know, I'm just being real. Like it's just probably going to get, I'm probably going to hit a wall. Or You're up 250 this year this already. Year, and it's this not, is it's February, six, whatever yeah. this is. I don't, I'm just on it, you know, and I've had some You're swings. on a heater. Yeah, I'm on a heater, but I've also had some times where I've had to cut it off. So here's the big, here's the other thing that people make a mistake. And uh, this is a huge mistake people make. The, to be a good gambler, you have to be able to take a loss. A hundred percent. People don't know how to leave. Yeah. It's like, bro, so when you're losing, something happens to you. And somebody explained this to me. I don't know who it was. Some old fucker sitting next to me who was drunk and he had lost all his money. He's like, dude, I'll tell you something. And he, he told me like, when you are losing, it's the equivalent to you been do- dropped into like a freaking cold ocean or a yeah. cold punch. Your blood rate, your heart uh, pressure goes up, your, uh, your uh, heartbeat goes up, all this kind of shit, right? And you feel like it's a fight or flight. I need to do something now. Right. But you don't. Like, bro, the casino's open. It literally right. never closes. Yeah. You could leave and come back tomorrow. You yeah. could go eat dinner and come back. So what I do is I love that, you know, setting that number of like, dude, if I'm down 20K, yeah, I'm going to like take a walk. Like, or I'm going to come back like later. And that has saved me so much. Yeah. Because most of the time, the way gambling works is you take the stairs up and the elevator down. A hundred percent. You take the stairs up and the elevator down. So how do you, if I could just cut my losses on the yeah. elevator down, Yeah. then the chart, it's not straight line. No, by no means is 250K just straight line. I've had like losing sessions along sure. the way. But if I cut them off, that's the key. And right. I think most people, here's where they fuck up is they come here for two days and it's like, dude, I need my money tonight because right. I want to go home a winner. So it's like, man, maybe this trip is going to be like a small loss. Mm-hmm. So that next trip is going to be a winner. Like, you gotta yeah. cut. You gotta cut off. Yeah, and you know, there's different kinds of sessions, right? There's the ones where you sit down and you're just on fire out of the first shoe, yeah. and it's a smooth ride. There's the roller coaster up and down. I can't win two in a row or three in a row, but it's like I'm I'm up and yeah. down, right? And then there's just dealer wipes the floor with you. <laughs> yeah, and so here's the other mistake, and you've probably seen this too. We're all guilty of this. You want to bet more when you're losing. Yeah. Why? Like yeah. what the what kind of logic is this? Yeah, it's the dumbest shit I've ever seen. You've lost seven in a row, and you're like, dude, there's no way I can lose eight in a row. You can, you can, you 100%. can lose an entire shoe. I've seen at, ru- at roulette. Yeah, I have seen the you know how it keeps track. Yeah. I've seen the entire side all black from top to bottom, and I've seen the entire side all red from top to bottom. Yeah, maybe a green in the middle somewhere. Like. It's crazy. You can absolutely lose every single hand in a shoe. I've watched yeah. it happen. I've watched Dana lose uh, uh, every single hand two shoes in a row. Yeah. It happens. And so he was just on a, a stream yesterday or yeah. the day before with, with uh, Steve. Yeah. And Steve was talking to him. He's like, hey. And Dana's like, yo, I just came from Caesars. Um, I wanted to make like six figures or something. And I was up 150K. Right. And then I didn't. I played one more hand. 
ended yeah. up triggering one of these like six in a row losses. Yeah. And he said he lost it all. Then he came back. Yeah. So this is the other thing. When you do hit your target, go. can you leave? Right. And I mean, like, I guess if you're having fun with your buddies there, just go to the bar. Right. Or like take the excess and play shit, you know, play small money. Right. But like lock up the win. Right. It's so, okay to lock up the win and just play small money, whatever yeah. that definition is for you personally, exactly. yeah. and just grind it back up if it can, if you can. And if not, you're just, you're not going to get hurt too much. Yeah. So let's just say I had a target of, I want to win 5,000 bucks. Right. Okay. I'm like, cool. I'm up five G's or I'm up like 6,600 or something yep. like lock up the five grand. Yep. And you could deposit it at the cage or you can put in your, whatever you got to do. And then the extra 1600 could be like your play right. for the rest of the and night. See what you can do. Yeah. See what you can do with that. So I think locking the winds up, cutting the shit when it's yep. really bad um, is the big thing. And then not, not chasing losses. So betting more when you're losing, because yeah. that's what your uh, in, body's going to tell you. Yeah. To it's going to be like, dude, you need this now. That's what I feel. I, my strength is when I'm playing blackjack is I have no problem pressing like a lunatic when i'm winning yeah that's key like yeah. when it's their money i'll put their money at risk even if it's going to knock me down to even sometimes like i'll you probably will disagree with this because it's, oh, it's yep. probably poor bankroll management really because it's a i'm really like it's 50 50 at that point right yeah, yeah, but yeah. like if i'm up like five grand i don't mind playing like a thirty five hundred dollar hand yeah. And try to take this into the stratosphere where that sucks is you get the 11 yes. or you get the yeah. split. Now you're going to put that up. Now you're at risk of if you lose, you're actually down on the session. You know what I mean? So it can, yeah. so it can I think, like, wipe you out. I like playing with house money. So I, I actually agree with what you're saying. If you're up money, you want to get super aggressive, get aggressive with their money. A hundred percent. But uh, one adjustment is like if you want to go all in on a hand. Uh, you have to cover it just in case it's going to be a double. You have to so be prepared you, so you would for take that or five, the split and the double yeah. in a really bad situation. So then you got like, yeah. you got to be ready for that shit. Right. So that's um, but that that's like yeah, you'll learn all the little tricks of like if you played enough hands, you know all the shit that happens. Right. It's like uh, all these little things and a lot of people say, "Oh, that's just um like uh superstition or some of this shit." But a lot of it's just practical shit. Like, yeah. dude, this is this is what happens. It seems like when I am getting hosed it's like um this type of thing always happens to me so pay yeah. attention to that shit right like or if you ever had a, a deck or a shoe where you can't get multiple hands in a row and then all of a sudden you win one the next hand's a double and then right. it's a trap and you lose you know what i right. mean so you gotta like watch out for this kind of shit yeah maybe double for less yeah see if you get one right you know what i mean or just like do something different yeah 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 it's okay to double for less that's yeah for manage sure. your risk yeah and like, you, what are your thoughts on i feel like i get screwed so many times when i split aces i know you gotta do it yeah but man <laughs> sometimes on like a big i feel like i get aces like if it's like a two thousand dollar hand three thousand dollar hand boom i get the aces and it's just like, I already yeah. know how this is going to go down. I'm going to get the four and the five. Yeah, <laughs> right? it's kind of funny. But, but you like, still got to do it. You still got to do it. And I think it's also like you can adjust your play a little bit based on, um, like you always have to split. There's no there's no choice. But I think what you can do is you'll notice that depending on what the dealer has, like your odds of that winning that hand, even if you don't get the tens, it goes right. up quite a bit. So like I feel better when they've shown like a five or six. So sure. Like, okay. But when it's like you get two aces and they have an ace or you get two aces and they have a 10. Right. Man, yeah, I've lost a lot of those. Yeah. I've lost both of them. It's so it brutal. Sucks. Yeah. Same thing with eights. eights. Like a lot of people say split eights all the time. Well, over time it works out. But yeah. for the next 
three weeks, you could be fucked on every time you split eights and then 100%. you hate it forever. You know what yeah. I mean? It's going to come together over time though. Yeah. I have a lot of friends when they play, they get timid on the double down stuff. I'm like, you have to do it. Like yeah. that's where you make your money. You make your money on splits and doubles and yeah. blackjack. Like you, you've got to take those opportunities when they come. Yeah. And then make sure, like you said earlier, get aggressive when you're winning. Yeah. I think a lot of people get scared when they're winning. Yeah. And they feel like I've won three in a row. I'm due to lose. No, you're not. No. Maybe. Can, yeah. But go for it. Yeah. Respect the streak. Love that. And so I love uh, getting up to a big bet, then just letting it ride till you lose. Me too. Just let that shit go. Yep. And you'll be surprised. You might win two, three more than you thought were possible. Yeah. That's where all the profit for the session comes in is those bigger bets. But you'd made those bigger bets with their money, not yours. Okay. That's the key. Now I'm curious what your take is on this. I know I'm going to lose you on this one. Yeah. Prop bets at blackjack. Pair the square. Oh, yeah. I never, I never play that shit. You ready? Yeah. I think it's the best bet in the casino. <laughs> really? Mathematically, you're wrong, bro. I agree. Yeah. I get that. But, but you get lucky. Yeah. You get lucky. And um, uh, I also have a theory. I'm no math wizard, yeah. but I always tell... Do you know Jake Ellenberger? He's a former UFC fighter. I play with him a lot. You've probably seen him at Red Rock. I've probably seen him, yeah. Um, he was my original co-host on Action Junkies, if you rolled back the clock way back five years ago. Um, off of a shuffle... Yeah. All the, if it's double, do you play double deck? Normally? Double deck or shoot, okay. yeah. So double deck, it's 25 to 1 for a suited pair, wow. 10 to 1 for a regular pair. But off a shuffle, off of a cut, everybody's in there. So your best chances, I always tell them, like, if you're not going to bet the pair every hand, just bet it for the first three hands off the cut. Yeah. Because everybody's in there. And I'm telling you, it's it's probably just a, you know, a hunch, anecdotal, yeah. but... uh yeah. It works sometimes, and they come in bunches. Yeah, I like the. I've the seen bet decks pair. where you just you just see a lot of pairs coming out. Right. So like, I think there's trends in gambling. Yeah. Like there's, you know, craps, same kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times, like this pairs keep coming up, or you know, these yeah. prop bets keep coming up. Well, bet them. Right. It's yeah. at a point I actually refer to the game you call blackjack as pair the square and blackjack is the side bet to me. Oh shit. Okay. I never <laughs> I'm a true before. action junkie, Neil. Yeah. That's next level degen. Next level degen stuff. Yes. Uh, and then you'd never do the other prop bet, you know, the fortune bet. Do you I know that do one? any of the prop bets. No? I, I have fallen into that <clears throat> some of that shit on uh on Baccarat. They have a bunch of the tie and yeah, panda all that, and all that all stuff. That shit. Like, yeah. I don't really ever play Baccarat. So um, the reason why I started playing Baccarat was um, I was losing at blackjack one day in high limit blackjack. And I was like, I need to do something else because yeah. every blackjack table, I'm cursed. Yeah. Like I, I cannot win a freaking two hands in a row all night long. So I'm like, okay, take a break. What's Baccarat about? Well, I ended up getting smoked in Baccarat too that day. So it wasn't my day. But anyways, I learned how to play it. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that the biggest money in the casino sometimes is on the Baccarat table. Yeah. The highest limits. All this shit. And it's pretty much even. It's just a coin toss minus the commission for banking. Right. But um, yeah. That's now, do you look close. at the board and you're trying to look for patterns? or I, I mean, it doesn't really. Like, if they if you look at it, it's all bullshit. Like, but there right. are shoes where there's patterns. So the best, right. the most money I've ever won in Baccarat is on a Baccarat shoe. It's 50-50, player banker. But you'll see one where one side is dominating. Mm -hmm. You'll see like, you know, and then the freaking weird uh, the I was I don't know how to say this nicely but the dumb motherfuckers like will come up to that table and be like oh there's so many players it's going to be bank now for the rest of the shoe no like right. it's supposed to be 50-50 over like a thousand decks right. this could be the shoe where it's going to dominate player the whole way right so you would rather play the yeah. one that's winning ride not, the streak yeah exactly so I don't yeah. know why people 
always want the streak to correct. I've seen so much money lost on Baccarat by people betting against a long streak. Right. And they're like, oh, it's got to change. Right. And it, it goes like seven more. Yeah. And you lose all your money. <laughs> like, why, why, you know? What's the most you've ever won in a night playing blackjack? Um, so here's the thing. This is another huge thing. I've, I've had a table where I've sat down and won, I don't know, probably close to 200 grand on wow. that one table. Just had a heater. What's your Problem. average bet at a, a, uh, on a night like that? But here's the thing. It's probably like 2,000 is like my average bet in okay. general. But on that particular shoe, I'm betting five, eight, close to 10. Wow. On, you know, because of double downs and all that stuff. And just had a really good shoe or multiple shoes. Yeah. Thing is, whenever that happens for me, it's always when I'm down. So I never won the 200 grand. Right. I'm paying off $150,000 in markers yeah. and leaving with 50, which is still, I'll, I'll take it. Sure. But I've had, like, it, it's a weird thing. So... Here's another problem I noticed. And that's because you're betting like a lunatic. Yeah, you're like to waiting. To get back. You want to get it back, right. right? So I've had those types of sessions. I wouldn't recommend that. It's dangerous. Yeah. But like what I think is, is, is more important is I've noticed this happens all the time. You go to this table, you lose, let's say, 10 grand. Mm -hmm. You go to the next table. Your goal, by the way, was to win five grand. You're down like 10. You go to another table later, you lose another 10. So now you're down 20. And you're just trying to win five. So you're yeah. like, man, this sucks. Then you go to a table. And you catch a run of like 15 grand. But because you're not even, you don't take the win. Yep. So now you give back the 15 that you just won. Like the, the deck that you got to, the table you got to, does not know your that history. You, like your history. Yeah. It's going to give you what it's going to give you, and then it's going to take it back from you. So I think about like mathematically, these are like standard deviations or like how far you're pulled away from where you're supposed to be. When you're winning like that, you're pulled like a rubber band. Yeah. It's going to pull you back eventually. Right. I don't know how long it's there. In my experience, you're just a couple hands away from a, a tragic, a, a tragic change. <laughs> yeah. And so, so many times I've made this mistake where I've been down a lot. I catch a run on a table. It's not enough to get me even, and then I end up staying on the table and giving it all back. So they're done that. Yeah. What you got to do is it. you you got to just cut your loss that day. So yeah. it's like, dude, I got back like seventy percent of my loss. I'm gonna go ahead and book this win. I'm down less. So it's kind of, it's almost like, dude, I feel like a winner tonight because right. it could have been a lot worse. Like right. that, that's your win for that night. Yeah. And then will you cut it for the whole night or will you like take a break and then maybe go I'll back? I'll try to take or? a break, but most of the time I'll just cut it for the whole night. So it makes it easier if you're a local in Vegas because then you could just go back whenever you right. want. I think the people who are here for a trip feel time constrained. So then they're yeah. like, dude, I need to get this back before I leave. Right. And then that that's where they get you. I can't tell you how many times I've had a winning session yeah, and then for whatever reason, I go back 20 minutes later, 30 minutes later and blow it all. Yes. Every time I cash out and it's like, I will literally, do you talk to yourself in the casino like I do or no? Like I yeah, will yeah, literally yeah. talk to myself like, what are you doing? Like, you know how this ends. You know what's crazy? You know you, how it ends. You see people leaving. Yeah. And they're always talking to themselves. Just talk. just, if you just sit near an exit, just watch people walk by you. Yeah. Everyone's talking shit, motherfucker. Just cursing themselves, just talking shit because yeah. they you fucked up something. It's so easy to mess all of this up. Yeah. So the only way you can like have fun with this, if you if you're like, dude, I love the action of gambling, the only way you're gonna be able to survive is if you have some freaking rules. If you have yeah. some discipline. Yeah. If you have no discipline, it's gonna end tragically like most people. Yeah. Um, and yep. I remember, like, I remember hearing about people who are like, "Oh, I have gambling problems and all that stuff." And if you do, like, dude, don't play, right? Hundred percent, like, don't fucking, don't even mess with it. But I remember hearing about this long time ago when I was playing more money than I should have been. Yeah, long time ago, I was a full degenerate. You know, doing all the mistakes I'm telling you, I would just constantly make mistakes. Yeah, and I remember being like stuck for a lot of money, 
and I had to borrow money. I don't think I've ever even told this to anybody. I had to borrow money from family to pay the shit off. Yeah. And I was like, dude, I think I have a gambling problem. Yeah. And so the dude in my family, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I probably do, right? I was fucking this all up. This is like a, d- a decade ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a family member who's super rich says, dude, Neil, I'm going to give you the money. You have to pay me back. I'll give you the money to sell your debt. But you need to send an email to our entire family, every cousin, sister, brother, mother, everybody, saying you have a gambling problem and you're going to not play anymore. Wow. Bro, I typed that email up. I was like, fuck. I, you know, I almost didn't want to hit send. Yeah. But I dude, I got to pay my you marker. You had to. I said this shit, you know what I mean? But then what I realized was I didn't have a gambling problem. I had a fucking money problem. I was paying, playing with money you can't afford to lose. Interesting. So that's the biggest thing. Like there's two types of problem gamblers. One's that love the action yeah. and they get addicted to that action. Yeah. There's other people who have a gambling problem. They are coping. Like it's like a, they're just depressed. So it's like drinking or drugs. Yeah. Those people should not play. But if you're in this, most people are in this action category. Right. So you 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 playing at a level of action that you can't afford to play at you need to change that level yeah or fix your money problem yeah so what i did was i didn't play for like four years bro yeah i just fixed my money problem it was like dude it got successful in business yeah now i can afford to play and it's fine i did the same thing man really i did the same thing back in from 2000 to 2001 so i'm 50 i'll be 54 in september so from the time i turned 30 on september 8th of 2000 yeah to september 8th of 2001 I blew through a fuck ton of money. Yeah. To the point where I got into the mob. Oh shit. For it went money. Deep. Okay. Deep. I just was in markers. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I had a guy put a gun to my head. I had fuck. all kinds of crazy shit happen. I had a high speed chase in LA. Wow. Crazy shit. And it was what you just said. Like I had a money problem and playing way out of my the above your head. Yeah. Way above of where I should have been at. And part of that was because I did stand-up comedy for 10 years. I didn't respect the money. I used to compare myself to like a stripper because like I couldn't get off the pole, but my pole was this microphone, right? And it's like, if you make $2,500 in a night, forget a night, let's be real, for 15 minutes of talking on stage, opening for either my dad or Tom Jones or Engelbert or, you know, Dionne Warwick, all these people I used to open for in Vegas, Atlantic City, and name the casino anywhere across the country, um, you don't respect the money. Yeah. You know, especially when you grow up with a silver spoon in your mouth, like I did with a famous dad, you know, it's like, I, I didn't respect the hard work and the, yeah. what it takes to make a dollar. Cause everything came easy to me. Right. And, and it's also not real money when you're gambling. It's, it's like funny it's, money. I always said, you know, one night I won actually the anniversary of it was yesterday, uh, February 18th, 1993. I won $22,000 playing blackjack with Michael Jordan. I'm not friends with Michael Jordan. I happened to run into him in the casino. Um, actually we were playing roulette. We started off playing blackjack and then somehow I invite, I said like, let's go play roulette. We went to roulette and I just lit it on fire. Like just kept a hundred dollars straight up on numbers and just kept hitting. Um, and, uh, and I say, like, when you, I walked away from the table with 22,000, but it's not 22,000. It's 22 little yellow chips. Yeah. And it is different. It is different what it does to your mind to the point where I bet 7,000 of those little yellow chips, you know, um, seven of them. So if I have 22, it's a big deal if I just have 15. It's, you're out of your mind at that point. And I was on yeah. a high from meeting Michael Jordan and gambling with him. And uh, I put $7,000 on the LA Kings to win the Stanley Cup. <laughs> Did they win? This is 93. No, they went to the finals. Oh, shit. Uh, and they end up losing in a seven game series. Brutal. What would it have paid if it won? 49 grand. It was uh, seven to one. Uh, it was the final year of Gretzky's contract, and he had promised to bring the cup to LA. And I, I, was, I was in. I drank the Kool Aid. I mean, they had a great, great run, but you know, it's sports. It happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but, um, 
But to your point, yeah, wrecked my life, man. From 2000 to 01, um, you know, lost everything. Lost uh, a three-bedroom condo on the water in Missouri. Lost, uh, yeah. had cars get repoed. Like, just awful, awful, awful to the point of suicidal. Dang, bro. Yeah. yeah. And it was... It was a gambling problem, but like you said, it was really a money problem. It was a business problem. It was not respecting business side of it. Gambling was like a byproduct of that. And then once I fixed all that, uh, it's, and I'd learned, you know, I started a PR firm and then, you know, now I've been, I was in the mobile tech space for a little minute. And then now obviously podcasting for the last seven years, like I know how hard it is to make a dollar. I know when I pay people every month, yeah, like you start to respect, you money. respect it different. And so yeah. now I'll play, but I'm not even remotely close to going down. Yeah. And get so in like, trouble highway. Yeah, I have the kind of like limits on what I would be willing to play and lose. Yeah. Uh, I'm usually playing with house money. Like I'm booking wins. So that way I can use that as my bankroll next time. For example, a lot of times people will put money up. Uh, so they're like, say you up like 20 grand. Yeah. You'll go to the cage, get 20 grand in cash. What the fuck are you going to do with $20,000 cash? You might get robbed. Like, it's, right. I can't even fit that shit in my pocket sometimes. Right. Like, right. Just leave it on deposit. Yeah. Like, or ask them to give you a check. Yeah. It's you can't cash a check on Saturday night at one in the morning. Right. Just give me a check. Yeah. Now you've locked the win up. Yeah. So like those types of things are like things I've put it to make sure that I can play. Yep. So like if you don't follow those, then you're gonna end up yeah. no matter what level, even if you can't afford it, you'll lose more than you'd like to. It would yeah. start to bother you and then you'll start chasing it. So I think those are the things that people need to realize. And then yeah, if you're playing above your thing, yeah, your limit, that's where you end up a problem. And then I think like here's the thing when you're on a heater uh i don't know what this is equivalent to on like a scale of one to ten with the dopamine in your brain and all this shit yeah it's got to be a fucking nine or ten maybe a 12 (laughs) it might be a 12 bro it might be a 12 right yeah you can't replicate that anywhere else in your life no so what happens is for action junkies people are chasing that 12 where else are you gonna get 12 yeah so you got to be okay with like dude Let's go to like seven or eights are pretty dope yeah. on a scale of one to 10. That's cool. Yeah. And so what's happening is like, um, what I found was I loved the action. So I was like, I'm, I'm getting these action the, when I would be on a run. And uh, you can't get that anywhere else in life. So yeah. the two options are, hey, dude, go back to living life at a three or four for the most of it and just be comfortable with that. Yep. Uh, that's kind of sucks. Right. Find something else where you get the seven, eights and nines. Yeah. For me, that's business. Right. For you, probably same thing. Yep. You got your dopamine rush from business. Yep. So the the point, the long, what I'm getting to here is if you're doing something destructive, you can also, you're getting something from that, from uh, some kind of dopamine. You can turn that around and turn it into something that is now positive for you. Yeah. Like business. Yeah. Like I always have a lot of friends. I have had a lot of friends when they see a lot of my like super wealthy friends gambling, like pro athletes I'm friends yeah, with yeah. or someone like a Dana, you know, like, man, if I had his money, I would never gamble. And it's like, I get why you say that, yeah. but think about, let's just use Dana. And I've never asked Dana this question, but I'm pretty sure this would kind of be probably be his answer. Yeah. You know, like, why do you do it? You're a billionaire. Right, at least on paper, right? You're liquid. We know at least 400 million plus from the first sale of the UFC, right? Yeah. So it's like, where in his day is the barrier, right? He's a savage in business. He, he runs the argue, arguably the coolest sports 
company and the world, right? Uh, with the UFC, like where is the where is your obstacles in the day? Where are you? Where are you facing adversity? Yeah. Really, nowhere. He's a savage. He's the king of the jungle. Gambling is the only thing that can put him in harm's way. Yeah, is what true. I think. Yeah, right. So it's like, where else is he going to get that? Like, where I got to overcome something? I got to be. I'm down. A. It's almost. You know, he quits if he plays. You know, let's say Red Rock. His limits are thirty thousand. He could play two hands at thirty grand. So if he wins both those hands, thirty thirty thousand, thirty thousand, he wins the first hand. He quits. Yeah, that's he literally quits. But if he doesn't, and he ends up down five hundred thousand, whatever, because he goes on just a horrible run, he's he's now in the fight. And like, I feel like to speaking to your point of like, yeah. now he's at that nine or ten or twelve yeah. of, on the dopamine scale of the like, okay, here we go. Right, yeah, it's fun. Right, it, 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 it's a struggle. It's right, like David it's a versus, struggle that I got to overcome. Yeah, David versus Goliath. It's a right. fight, and so people get their kicks from this. This is the action part. So yeah. if you're in that category. Uh, you just gotta change the numbers. Drop yeah. a couple zeros. You can yeah. still get your kicks. Like you know what I mean. Like it, like you said, you still play for fun now, and you still have fun with it. But you're playing at a different level. Yeah. You know, and it's like that's what people need to adjust. Yeah. And then if you're like, dude, I only can play at a certain level to get kicks. I'm not like for me, I'm not gonna go play uh, five dollars a hand. Right. It would just be it would be painful for me. Right. Because if I do win, I'm like, oh, I could be winning a lot more. You feel more. like you just lost yeah, 1995. So, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I'd be like, shit. Right. Uh, I'm going to um, not play Yeah. until I have the money to play what I want to play. Do you have any OCD issues at all at the table? So like I sometimes need, let's say I'm betting like I'm more of a 100 to 500 a hand. I mean, believe yeah. me, I've when I'm on fire, I've, yeah, I've yeah. gone up to, I've played a $10,000 hand before. Um, but as a rule, I'm pretty much 100 to 500, let's say, yeah. right? If I quit... I kind of need to see what the what would have happened if I played one more hand yeah. and like just do I used to do it at the normal fee and then you end up down the rabbit hole but now like I'll just do like a let me just play a twenty five dollar I just curious yeah I just want to see what would have happened do you do that or no yeah in Baccarat you can do that you just ask for a free hand really yeah you just wait wait, wait 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 I didn't know this so on Bakra, it's called free hand if you don't want if you don't like the board or you don't like the way the shoe is going yeah you don't have to play but they'll show you the result you can just say free hand free hand. As many times as you want? Most casinos. and In high limit, yes. You use many times. Some casinos, they give you uh, 10 free hands or five free hands for the whole shoe. That's amazing. So what I'll do if you're losing, it's good to be like, hey, just let's just see what right. transpires. Where are we at? Yeah. Thing is, a lot of times, like it starts to mess with you. So like, that's why, why they let I you bet? Do, Yeah. Right. They, they like you to do this because then you'll chase. You missed out. Yes. So it creates FOMO. Yeah. So I think like anytime the casino is offering you anything, it's yeah. probably not to your benefit. Yeah. So that's why they let you do that. But on blackjack, you can't do that. But I do that for sure. I'll be like, if I'm normally betting a thousand, yeah, I'll be like, okay, I'm gonna bet five hundred bucks or a yeah. hundred bucks just to see what would happen. Okay, let me ask you this because I've been really conflicted this lately, um, and I feel like you'll you'll shed light on this. I've got a lot of friends that are very well off. Yeah. And I'm, you know, to be honest, I want to open ten of these studios all across the country right? More even, but let's just say 10 in all the big cities, right? Miami, Dallas, New York, Chicago, yeah. uh, Nashville, et cetera, Montreal, Toronto, right? Okay. I've approached some of them, hey, invest a million bucks and we're going to go open 10 studios and it'll come back as a no. And then I'll watch them either bet that on Super Bowl weekend on sports yeah. and lose it or I'll watch them over the course of a month lose it at blackjack. Or in some cases, some of them can lose it in one or two nights Dang. at the blackjack table. Why won't they give me that? Like, cause I sit, I sit there and I'm like, you could have just invested it with me. Like, 
yeah. what is the what's the psyche behind that? Is it the same thing as like if Jory, our engineer today, yeah. if he came to me right now after this show and said, "Hey, that was a great episode. Hey, I want to start a T-shirt company. I just need a thousand bucks. Would you give me a thousand bucks?" I would tell him, "No disrespect, Jory." I would say, "No," but I'll probably play in three five hundred dollar poker tournaments over the next week. Yeah. It's the same, just a different scale? Yeah, so I think here's the difference. Tell me. One is it's fun. Like you're having fun. That's recreational money. Right. The other thing is you can get 100% return in one night. Right. You could get 1,000% return in one night. So the there's you know the ceiling is not there. Yep. It's more exciting. Yeah. You know, like the fear of the unknown, the battle, like yep. all that kind of thing. Yeah. It's just a totally different realm. So I would say this, the people, the money people play in casino is not real. It's like you said, it's chips. Right. So if I'm like, if I have forty thousand dollars in chips on the table, like, dude, this is fucking crazy. Can you imagine forty thousand dollars of cash just sitting there? Right. Like that's what people make in a year. For sure. And you're just fuck, like it's sitting on the table, but it's not. It doesn't feel like that when you're playing because right. these are just your units of play. Right. So like, I might take out a twenty thousand dollar marker to win five thousand dollars. So my goal was to win five grand, but the twenty k is not like I'm just viewing that as like my buy in. Those. I wouldn't, like if I had to shell out the hundred dollars like that, I probably wouldn't even do it. You know, it <laughs> right. would make, it would make zero sense. <laughs> right. So it's an alternative universe. Yeah. It's not equivalent to like investing and in all these things. And then some people like uh, making investments in businesses based on making a bunch of them. And then one of them, they hit it out of the park. Right. It's a 20 X. It's a 200 X, some crazy shit. This is what like venture capital. Yep. And then other people like parking their money in things that are like less risky, but more. So for me, the way I invest is like this. I uh, take my risks in business. That's where I gamble. Like I'll do a campaign or I'll buy ads or I'll put on an event or I'll do some you know, work there and I get my kind of kicks there. But then when, I, when I'm making money in gambling, not, or not in, gambling, in business, now I, I want to take the risk off. So I've got my money and now I'm like, okay, what am I going to put this money into? I think of things like real estate, like things yeah. that are just like, dude, get rich for sure. Like park it. Don't have to worry about it. Right. But other people have different strategies. They want to put it on bets that can go up. So it could be their like whatever you're pitching them doesn't fit what they're looking for business wise. Right. They might be they want more risk and your thing doesn't give enough upside. Right. Or they might view your thing as too risky. Yep. It's one of those two. Right. I don't know. You could ask people. Like I would just straight up ask people. Yeah. Like, bro, so just to help me for future, I'm raising capital, you know, just to help me for future, why don't you want to invest? Right. I mean, you probably won't, and some of them don't even tell you, no, they just right. say bullshit you and just string you along. Like yeah. people have, candor is a very difficult thing. Yeah. Nobody says what I they love really when I always say you're in the business of getting yes, no, or go fuck yourself. And I don't care which yeah. one it is. I just want one of those answers as fast as possible. Yeah. Just give me an answer so right. I can move on with my day. The string but along is the worst. It's the worst. But I think people are just don't want to be rude or, right. or whatever. But I think here's the thing. We could ask people like, look, man. It's a no, I understand, but why? Because it would help me for future. And they'll tell you, well, you know what? For my type of investment, I'm looking for this or right. for this. Then you can adjust based on that. Yeah. That, yeah. I mean, that's what I would do because um, it, it, everyone's different. That's yeah. the thing. They, you know, their goals are different. Um, okay. Before well, we get some, some time, let's talk about your car, man, because I have car envy on oh, yeah. that SUV of yours. Yeah, man. That sick Lambo. Lambos um, are dope, yeah. When you... Was that your first like big yes. car like that? Like, I always like had nice SUVs. I like like uh, you know G wagon yeah. or you know whatever the X five or stuff like that. Yeah. Over time, but I always wanted to get uh, an exotic. Yeah. SUV. Yeah. That was kind of like a goal. 
And so in 2020, I was thinking, of my, I had a Model X Tesla, which okay. is super nice. Yeah. SUV, dope. Uh, the tech is amazing. My wife has that car now and I love it. But I was like, man, I want to get a, a, a Lambo SUV that just looks badass. Yeah. You know, Euruses are just. And it's ballistic. Yeah. That's the shit, man. Yeah. So I was like, man, I want to get this car. But what will people say? Mm -hmm. Do they think you're trying to be like too big time? A, can you afford it? Like somebody asked me the other day, like, yo, dude, what's the payment? I'm like, I don't know, bro. Here's the title. Like, I don't yeah. have a payment. I don't, I don't think you should like buy something just because you, you know, just to get the, uh, the social proof or the street. Yeah. Cut. And by the way, the wrong, don't forget what you're going to say. The wrong, that's the wrong question is what's the payment. The right question is how much is the oil change? <laughs> bro? <laughs> Those are the questions you need yeah, to ask. If you ever want to know if you, <laughs> this is the problem with exotic vehicles. Everything is a complete ripoff. The oil change is over $3,000. <laughs> I filmed it. We made a piece of content. Yeah. I went there, dude, just to get tires. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Breaks. $1,000 per tire. Every time you get a freaking nail, you have to change all Which, four tires. Yep. It's ridiculous. Yep. I'm, I'm telling you, uh, the amount I've spent in service would have been the equivalent to another nice vehicle. Right. Just in service. Right. Okay. So this is not even like, under warranty. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Right. And they, they feel like they can rip you off because it's the only place to get the service. Yep. And they think you're rich. Right. Most people are rich who have right. it. So they just it's like a pass. If you ever need to meet a vendor, don't pull up in a Lambo. Right. Like you're just getting ripped <laughs> off. You know what I mean? So Yeah. So I was like, dude, I want to get this car. What are people going to say? And uh, it was actually my wife. She's like, Neil, you work really hard. You can afford it. Like, really? We're fine. If you want to get it, just get it because then you'll you'll like it. Okay, wife of the year award. Yeah, bro. So that yeah. was like, I was like, she gave me the green light. I was like, okay, I'm buying it. Uh, but then uh, it turned out, and I did not plan this, so I'm not trying to say I'm super smart. It turned out that it went up in value. Right. So I bought that shit for two hundred something thousand dollars in 2020. It went up to like three hundred grand. I don't know where it's at now, but you to get paid to actually drive a Lambo, that's freaking crazy. Crazy. But I think it was just because after COVID, they became short supplied. Yeah. And then the prices just kept going up. Yeah. But I'll tell you this, regardless of that, if it appreciated or depreciated, it doesn't matter. The amount of money it's made me. That is, which was my next question. I'm glad yes, you went into this. Yeah. It makes you money because right or wrong, people judge you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's why I say when you do content or when you show up places like put your best foot forward. Yeah. Because people are gonna judge you. So if you pull up in a Lambo anywhere, people think you're very successful. Now I could be fucking lying and I just rented it. Right. It doesn't matter. I, you know, I, I can afford it. I bought it. It's yeah. cool. They want to fuck with you. They want to fuck with you. They want to talk to you. So many conversations start because you're in the Lambo. Right. People pull up next to you and just start talking to you. Um, so I remember there was a, just give me a quick example. There was a guy I was trying to do business with that was at the same, goes to the same health club and country club that we were at in Reno. I've been trying to reach this dude for like years. He never gives me the fucking time of day. I pull up in the car to the valet there. He just walks over and starts talking to me. I'm like, bro, I've been trying to get a hold of you for like five years. And he's like, yo, Neil, what's up, bro? Like, hey, you know, we should grab coffee sometime. I'm like, okay, let's go. And we start doing business. So like the amount of money I've made from it, yeah, it's paid for itself yeah, multiple times. Yeah. So it's like just, you know, it, for the right person in the right business, if you really leverage it, I put it in videos. I mean, yeah. I'm, that thing's like a business yeah. tool for me. Yeah. And I think the way you do it is good because you're not, it's not like an in your face flex the way you. No, I'm just in it. Like you're just in it and we see it, we know what it is and yeah. it's, it works. It's a, it's a. It, yeah. I think like it looks kind of, uh, what is it? Cringy. You're not, like it's just, yeah. we're not like five years ago that would have impressed people. Now it's a little bit like cringy. 
So I, I've never been that dude to like right. flex on people. Right. But yeah, we live in a nice house. Yeah, I drive a nice car. Yeah. It's just the way it is. And then people can tell you're just being yourself. Mm-hmm. Some people turned off, whatever. So were you... All, were you in Reno when you got it? Yeah. Originally? Wow. So in Reno, nobody in has Reno, one. yeah. Here, I see one every day. It's like a bald every... eagle sighting. <laughs> yeah, bro. In Vegas, I see one every day. Right. You see nice cars. Like, there'll be a freaking Cullen in just rolling past us. You know, it's yeah. like nothing. Yeah. But in Reno, it was like, man, this is the only Urus. Did you go to the grand opening of Durango? Were you at that? Were you uh, there no, that night? we lived near there, but yeah. I saw there was it. like three Bugattis <laughs> yeah. at Valley. <laughs> There's so much money in this town, it's incredible. Yeah. I mean, the, every other person, remember just going to like the Lifetime Fitness in Summerlin. Yeah. You know, like if I pulled up to the gym in a Urus, you're the only, like you're, you're getting attention right. in that gym. And you still get attention here, but like here, There'll be a like a, not a Bugatti, but there'll be Ferraris. Sure. There'll be other Lambos. There'll be a fucking Aston Martin here. Yeah. I mean, it's just crazy. Have the you amount seen of, that new Aston Martin? The it's new, insane. The Vantage. Oh my yeah. God, it looks it's, good. So these are like kind of toys. People like usually it's older rich dudes who have them. Right. But I would say, dude, if you can afford it and you're self-employed, you're an entrepreneur, it's one of the best investments I've made. Yeah. I've been blown away. Just from going to the Power Slap events. Did you go to Power Slap? No, have I you been yet? Have you, been, have you been to a fight yet? No, you, I got to go with you next okay, time. Okay, yeah, we yeah. need to get you to a fight. Um, do you watch? Are you a fan yeah, at all? It. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, the amount of, you know, Dana has all these influencers come to Power Slap. Yeah, so. And that's kind of how he hacked the media shitting on Power Slap. And it obviously has worked really, really Huge, well. Yeah. Blown away by how many of these young kids are, you know, 21 to let's say 25. Rocking multiple Ferraris, multiple Lambos. Yeah, I, like, I think they they're leasing them, and sometimes it ends badly. Yeah, but like whatever, you know. Right. They, they they're living. You know. What are your fast. thoughts? Like, so you have how many kids? Two. Two. How old are they? Uh, fourteen and eleven. So, do you want them to go to college? Is college still something you think kids yeah. need to do, or skip it? I think uh, there's good things that come from it. Social skills, just like going to a good school is, you know, the regular college experience is not good anymore. Right. But like if you go to a good school, there's certain things that are still, I, I think you, there's upside there. But honestly, uh, where I've gotten, I didn't learn shit in college that I've applied really, uh, other than some basic functions like yeah. writing and stuff. But most everything I learned was on like YouTube university, yeah. going to events, learning from people who are ahead of me. Yeah. So like real life, the school of hard knocks, like that's where I learned my shit in business. Yeah. And so, yeah, I would love you know, I don't think school, you can't really learn business, certain things in college, but like, there's still some value there. Yeah. And it's like, dude, what do you do with your kids? Right. I mean, like they finished high school. What's next? Yeah. It seems like the next step is to go. It's almost like just the social part of college is the next step. There is a lot of value, I think. Networking. Yeah. And and I think a lot of kids need a, I'm kind of, I, I try to talk most of my friends, uh, out of sending their kids to college, unless, I think they need like another round. Like there's some kids that come out of high school. They need to just start over. They need a do over. Yeah. Socially, like, like high school, they weren't, you know, maybe they got bullied or they weren't, they weren't in sport. Like they might need a, just a fresh start of networking with people. Yeah. And I think college satisfies that. Join some clubs, get some social skills. Right. You know, learn how to talk, get to, some confidence. Yeah. Right. All that get, kind a, of get a fresh start. Um, but the ones that are sharp, Unless you want to be a doctor or something where you're like you yeah. have to go, I always tell them like just just Get jump into, into life, man. Just just start. Take that same money and open a business. Take that same yeah. money and fail at a business. Even the ROI will be way higher. Way higher. You know the crazy thing is is the government will give you a hundred thousand dollars to go to a college and get a liberal arts degree. 
but you can't borrow five grand to start a business. <laughs> it's so crazy. Like what the fuck? You yeah. Know? Like this is the, but that's how the risk is. Like they view entrepreneurship and business as very risky and college is safe. Right. But like if you get an English degree and you spent that much money and you go into debt, like I don't even know now how what? long it takes to get the money back. Like right. do you even learn anything? Right. You, do you have any skills? I mean, we've hired people in business that have four year degrees and they're dumb as rocks. Yeah. You know, it doesn't, it's almost like, are you smart? Yeah. Do you have skills? It doesn't matter whether you went to college. So I'm, I'm seeing people nowadays, companies are, and Elon Musk says this all the time. He doesn't even look like what college you go to sometimes. Right. They're looking at, do you have the skills needed yeah. to do the job? Yeah. So there's a lot of shifting of education into like skills based. Yeah. Like uh, Google will offer tech certifications in just this one thing. Yeah. If you're in tech and you want to do that one thing, go do that. Don't go to four year school. Yeah. What do the next five years look like for you? Um, so I was to have this thing of like, I haven't looked at like a big picture, really. I look at like what's in front of me. Mm. So our business, we're trying to grow. If somebody's like, hey, how, where do you want your business to be in 10 years? I probably should have that on some vision board somewhere, but I don't. I'm like, here's what we want to do now. Here's what's... And that's real estate wise? Yeah. So we have real estate, but then also I have an education company where we help people learn digital marketing. Yep. And we put on events and we do all these things. It's mostly people in my industry that come to those things. Yep. But uh, that business has been growing like crazy. Like, and, and so that business I'm looking at, how do we just keep serving our customers? Like, yeah. so what's our next event? What's our next workshop? How do we just do a really good job? And that's been my best uh, marketing is just like taking care of the customer. Yeah. I'm actually shocked that now this is, I think our fourth year here at the studio. Yeah. I would have thought there was going to be triple the amount of real estate uh, agents. I, I'm shocked yeah. that, that we don't like. So we teach people in our industry how to do content. Yeah. Um, very few people do it. Yeah. So I started going, like literally speaking to a group of 200 real estate agents. And I tell them in the beginning, I'm like, hey, man, just straight facts. I Most of you guys aren't going to do anything. So don't even worry like, oh, Neil's going to give us the, the game and then it's not going to work because everyone's going to do it. Nobody does shit. Mm-hmm. So I noticed this, like it's something new. It's it's maybe you have to get over yourself. Yeah. Content's like a lot of, more difficult than other things. Yeah. And so very few people do it. But the people who do it, get good at it and stay with it, it transforms their business. Yeah. Like you build a powerful personal brand today. It's like, dude, game over. Like yeah. that's your moat. Yeah. I mean that people want to work with you. There's no barrier to entry other than you being your own barrier. Yeah. Right. It's like just you versus you, you get some equipment. You don't even have to come to a studio like this. You can just do it all at home and from your kitchen, from your countertop. Yeah. And wherever. we were just talking with your guys here of like, if you don't want to start a podcast, that's fine. Just come in here with another business person yep. with a business partner, like a realtor or a lender or two realtors, just talking shop, talk about the market, talk about deals, talk about what's going on, chop those clips up. Yep. And then bro, you're into the content. Boom, you got content. So if you don't want to look at the camera, right. just have a conversation. Yeah. And so that's one of the things we hacks we teach in content is like, yo, just have conversation and capture that. Yeah. Neil, this was fun, man. Yeah, man. I had awesome. a good time chopping it up with you. This was fun. We definitely got to do it again. hundred percent. And we'll get to some fights. Yeah. And, uh, and some power slap. And a power slap, for yeah, sure. I think the next one's... Actually, I can't go to the next one. Oh, so I, I want to invite you back already, even yeah. though this is uh, on April 12th. I Every year I do a 24-hour live podcast. Oh, shit. Okay. This will be the fourth or fifth year wow. uh, that we do it. Um, so come back April 12th. There is a power slap April 12th. Maybe I'll, you know what? I'll, let me see if I can just get you hooked up. I'll be stuck in this room. Okay. Uh, but let me try to get you hooked up. Yeah. Would love and, to. uh, Jory's going to hook us up right now by ending the show. Cause he pushes some buttons and does whatever he does. I don't know what he does back there. <laughs> there you go.